Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon, Brandwampics. What? What? Pick ups. Hey, it's me, Todd Novak. Glad you are with us. We are so excited for another Guitar Knobs podcast, uh, my favorite thing of the week. We've got a super duper special guest with us in studio. In studio. In studio. He's right there. It's not that He's special. He's right here. What's up? You're Rob so Chief. special. Mad Cow Amplification. Mad Cow Amplification. What does that mean? It means that he repairs amps and stuff. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? That means this is the, so you're going to buy a used amp 101. Yes. Woo. We love the 101s over here on the Guitar Knobs. Uh, And if you are joining us for the very first time, I would like to maybe call out exactly what we do here really quick. Uh, Jared. Well. All right. Tony. What the hell are you talking about? (laughs) First, you get the thing, and then you put your name in the thing. Right. And then uh, you get your name. So what we do is we focus on uh, smaller builders, uh, boutique. Boutiques, uh, if you will. Boutique builders of pedals, of amps, of guitars. People that fly a little bit lower under the radar that are doing really awesome things. And that's what we do here at the Guitar Knobs. Rob is flying somewhat under the radar, working hard on the bench that he occupies. He's got a great Instagram channel that when you, if you look at it at, at, at the whole, it just sort of looks like a bunch of electronic stuff. And you're like, Mm -hmm. what? But if you read on further into his post, you're like, Oh, that's awesome. One of the issues that, I find personally when I go to the guitar shows or I'm looking on Craigslist or Reverb is I see awesome looking amps or storied amps, amps that 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 uh, old silver hairs tell fables of, and <laughs> um, <laughs> you know there's just a handful of brands and amps that that people are like, man, if you're gonna rock, you gotta need this, and then you get into investigating that and you can fall into a rabbit hole of mm-hmm. crazy pantsness. So yeah. we are going to dispel some of the myths, some of the challenges, some of the watchouts, and help the rest of us who aren't amp experts do a better job of buying a used amp if that's what we need to do. Oh, yeah. All right. Super duper. Hey, we want to do a ginormous thank you to Rode Microphones for sponsoring our show and providing us with awesome microphones, the Rode Procaster microphones, uh, allowing us to record our thoughts, opinions, and nonsense every single week. Thank you so much for the gear that uh, you guys provided us. Uh, That's Rode Microphones built entirely out of Sydney, Australia. Cool stuff. Thanks, Rode. You bet. On Reverb.com. I would like to direct your attention to a series, a, a, a segment, an area on the website that I think is little known, but actually is really cool. It's called the Learn to Play series. As I'm looking at it right now, there are 562 results for Learn to Play. So you're going to get guitar, it's drums, it's bass, it's, it's all kinds of stuff, but... The cool thing is that you get stuff like uh, riffs in the key of Jeff Beck or... <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> uh, learn which, to pl- which key exactly yeah. would that be? Learn to play Albert King riffs. 
Lightning Hopkins. Like it, there's, it's not all bluesy stuff. Uh, learn to play. Uh, let's see. What's another one? Hey, about- here's one. Learn riffs in the key of Jaco Pistorius, uh, right? Dweezil app on using picking patterns and writing melodies. So what this is riffs in the key of Jerry Garcia. Is, I mean, it smells like teen spirit in there. I don't know. Probably play riffs in the key of Dick Dale. <laughs> Anyways, so my he point... He is the king of surf guitar. He is the king of surf guitar. Yes. My point is there are a ton of easy entry ways to pick up that certain something that these artists possess. This is what this does well. Just sort of give you a like, hey, you know that thing that you kind of like? This is how that's done. Mm-hmm. So let, let me tell you a yes, story. Yes, sir. Because I'm an old guy. Yep. And way back when in the 1980s when I was playing, mm-hmm. if we wanted to learn a, a song... We either had to put it on a cassette tape and keep hitting rewind. That's how I learned how to play guitar. And so it is so much easier. I find myself, if someone says, hey, let's learn to play this song. I, I mean, I, I fast forwarded to, also if to you, CDs. But. Yeah. Well, if you don't have any money, you had to well, you know. wait wait for the song to come on the radio and record it. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But no, it's, it is. And, and I mean, you have to take a lot of the information that's on the internet with a grain of salt. Sure. And I think the stuff on Reverb has probably been vetted a little bit more. Well, the, mm-hmm. Yeah, the difference is this is coming from an, uh, the understanding of like of not only who who uses Reverb, which is people like us and people like you listening, and it's it's also been sort of compacted and digested. It's not by just a random person. Like there's a a themed way of creating content that they have excelled in. Mm. So you're going to get that flavor of thing through this. So anyways, check out uh, reverb.com and look for the learn to play series. Mighty cool. All right, let's get on with this. Shall we gentlemen, yes. Tony, yes. what's going on in your music work? Tony, tell us what's going on. What are you up to? Uh, well, this week, actually I brought them in for, for Jared today. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm working on a couple of different projects and I scored a an original 1963 um, Guild pickup, that single coil pickup that was made by Hagstrom for Guild. And I'm trying to replicate something similar to that. Uh, so Ger- uh, Jared is going to uh, take that and hopefully not destroy it too much. No, of course much. not. But no, he'll do a good job. Yeah. And, and I also picked up a couple of other uh, DeArmond style uh, pickups that we're, we're, we're just playing around to see what's going to work. We might actually take those casings and put these single coil type things in. Sure. But, uh, but they're really cool. Um, and that was my, I mean, that was the highlight of my week, I guess, in addition to chopping up plastics, make taking big sheets of plastic and putting them into small little. It's always a cool thing when you, you know, you, you get a few things, a few, uh, you know, parts and whatnot, and you want to make your own thing out of it. <laughs> yeah. You know what wow. I'm saying? That, I totally I have know no what idea you're what saying. He's saying. So we got the, the pickup parts, right? Yeah. And we may be just building our own thing out of that. We might be doing our own thing. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Sorry, I can't be more specific. Yes. Uh, no, that's it's, all right. It's top secret stuff. Yeah. Shh. Okay, Jared, what's going on in your world this week? So, so uh, Tony uh, gives me these parts. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> No, this is actually pickup related this time. Um, so I had a customer. What do you mean actually pickup related? It's usually pickup related. Oh, come on. Or Lay's related. Yeah. Okay, so anyways, <laughs> go Not ahead. the potato chips. That's true. 
Well, sometimes so, the potato chips. Yeah. You're making me hungry. Jared's three beers in, by the way. Go ahead, Jared. Uh, yeah. So uh, anyhow, uh, I sold a set of pickups online. A few days later, the customer uh, emails me back and says, hey, I am not satisfied with these pickups. And I'm, I'm like, I, I don't understand why. He said, well, you don't have the branding on the bottom of the bobbin. And I, I said, I'm, I'm very sorry about that. My laser is down. I couldn't etch in the, that information. And he wrote me back and said, well, I don't know if you sent me the product that I ordered because it doesn't say it on the bottom of the bobbin. Now, Todd, you might have a thing or two to say about branding, wouldn't you? I would. Everybody has their opinion. To those who want to listen. Right. So anyway. To the enlightened ones. I even, I remember even emailing the, the buyer before I sent the product out and he didn't, he didn't seem to mind. So anyway. He said, listen, I, I don't know what you sent me because the branding isn't on the bottom. I'm going to send you these back. I want a refund. I said, that's perfectly fine with me. You know, obviously you hear with your eyes and Ooh. whatever. Some people do that. So he sends me back the pickups. <laughs> we start the return and he, right, and he sends me back the pickups. I open the box. It's not my box and it's yes. not even my pickups. They're, they're oh, not even mine. Wow. Yep. They're like this this crappy Chinese. I'm surprised he even sent a set of pickups. If you're not going to send the pickups you bought for me back, why even send anything? That's awesome. So <laughs> I get upset and I call the, you know, the, the organization Resolution. that sells. Yeah. And they said, well, we're not going to hold you to, to refunding the, the buyer, obviously. You can keep the money from the sale. But we are going to refund the buyer. However, I was kind of upset that the guy's going to get away with it. Yep. And then on the other hand, I was actually quite happy that he wanted to keep my pickups. (laughs) So (laughs) he's going to return them to someone else. No, man. I mean, maybe he's keeping them and putting them in his guitar. That would actually make me happy if I Wait, knew that's what he was going to do. Yeah, but that's not yeah. really the moral of the story. Yeah. The, well, ethically, it's wrong, right? Because yeah. he got free pickups. It's bad mm-hmm. karma. It's bad karma. It do is. Do not do that, listeners. Yeah. that's Don't be a bad listener. It's a scam, listener. and he's going to get caught. <laughs> yeah. I did report him, Yeah, by the way. Rightly so. Rightly so. so I. We should know, support each other rightfully in the guitar community. That's correct. And it, I think I, most people do. I, I want to see I think justice. Most part, yeah. And someday justice will be served to this fellow, just not me. Justice. That's right. Justice. Don't oh. need a lion order. For you there. I've never heard that before. It's actually, that's actually a great story. And yeah. I'm totally over That's it. the runaway. So right. It's actually a great story. He tells himself. <laughs> the story you just told us? Remember, yes. Remember when I was the in back? the runaways? <laughs> Oh, that's actually a great story that I just told. <laughs> I'm, it glad, is, I'm glad, but it's told true. That. Oh my gosh, it's hilarious! <laughs> I got my money back. I'm good. Yeah, but yeah. it still stinks that somebody it is, would man. pull, uh, pull goofy stuff. You know, so if you're out there listening, I'm right here. You don't have to yell at me. I'm telling you. I mean, if, you if you're out there and you sent bogus pickups back to Jared, mm-hmm. you should be ashamed you. on you, of yourself. That's yeah. right. For shame. For shame. All right. Speaking of shame. Hey, Rob. <laughs> What's up, Todd? <laughs> What's going on in your guitar world this week? Um, Nothing exciting, really. Nothing personal. Did, um, you, you know how many times people start off with that? 
And then it's something really exciting. Yeah. Or, or that I have to edit and <laughs> say, wait a minute, <laughs> help me out here. <laughs> I don't have any great stories where I've got stuff returned. No angry customers this week. Those are the best stories when yeah, I have an angry. That's a good week. Yeah. Disgruntled customer because that always ends well. But um, what about guitar stuff that you're playing? Because you're a musician, uh, man. Yeah. And well, here's the thing, though. Um, yes. When you're a full-time musician and you repair stuff and work on people's gear, you never work or play on your own gear. That's you never do. That. You know, it has to be falling apart for the me to cobbler's replace. Something. Children have no shoes. Yeah, yeah. So um, I didn't not this week, but recently I bought a reverb pedal, and that that was a very deep rabbit hole I went down. Oh yeah, I had. What'd you get? What'd you get? Well, I I What'd landed. Well, I got all of them. <laughs> literally literally i had at some point (laughs) every reverb pedal out there i own dude no if it was made in the u.s and like higher quality yes i seriously had it at one point i had like 20 reverb pedals at one point wow this is what i do when i get crazy about something i I go all the way down (laughs) (laughs) it's great i must have seriously i had something like four or five grand worth of reverb pedals sitting in my basement but anyways so i landed on solid gold fx are you guys hip to oh yeah dude their surf rider reverb that is definitely the closest to a spring reverb i've ever heard in a pedal really period It is astounding and all the controls work just like they should nice wide sweeps. You can use it all has a a boost function, which is like adds the depth of the reverb to like double perfect. Everything about it is perfect and it's built like a tank. Awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Surf rider. solid gold. Awesome stuff. All right. I hope is is that We'll see if that makes it. Is that on your floor on the floor? We'll see. I don't know. Oh, surf rider. Mm. Anyways, uh, what about you? What Yes. Hey, so I had a weird thing where I, I'm a I'm a huge fan of strap locks. I put strap locks the minute a guitar gets in my house. I put strap locks on right required. There was a guitar from somebody that's going to be a guest that I'm very excited about. I mean, I can just go ahead and say Echo Park Guitars. Echo, 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 Echo Park Guitars is going to be on. Send a guitar over. And I put it on, and it almost fell out, out of the actual strap, which I was uh, terrified about. And I realized, I was like, oh, man, I don't have anything to... And so I tried another strap, and the same thing was happening. And then I realized, I'm going to have to get some of those, like, sort of Grolsch washer. That's, that's exactly... That's all you need. I know, yeah. I know. But I don't have any of them. Better safe than sorry. So Go I had, I had to sit. I had to sit and play it, and I don't. Course. I don't like doing that. Wow, I stand and play. I'm a stand player. That is a serious first world problem, right there. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hate when you have to. You sit. had to sit. I know. Well, play. you know, you couldn't. I couldn't get into the. You know, because I like to when I'm playing my guitar. So. Go to the oh, bathroom? Yeah. Is that what you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it probably looks like that to some, I'm sure. It did, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. their own. Yeah. In which case, you should be sitting anyhow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> one, two, one, two, three. Four on the floor. Okay, Rob, hit us. Four on the floor. Give it to us. Four on the floor. Okay. Actually, I had to write this one down because I wasn't sure where I was going to go with this. Uh, first one, Demeter Compulator. Oh, wow. What? I'm not familiar with that. This one. Okay. Demeter Demeter, they they make Demeter. amps and a uh, couple three pedals maybe. It, how do you spell Demeter? Demeter. I, 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 I pronounce it 
Demeter, but Demeter. I, I don't know because here's the thing: I've never well, we've plugged been it into like six it times now. Yeah, so. I think it's Demeter. D e m e t e r. Demeter. Demeter. I've I've never been to a dealer. It's like I've never the met parking anybody meter. from the company. It is right. Demeter. Okay. Yeah. So whatever it is. Anyways, yeah, they make a handful of amps, handful of pedals, and they're they're out of Canada, I think, right? Or mm, no, I thought it was USA. Okay, I apparently have no idea Maybe where this company came from, but anyways, know. they're out of North America. Yeah, North America, somewhere right. in there the North is. in the NAFTA area. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's a compressor, compulator, um, okay. and uh, it's awesome. It's my favorite compressor ever. I've had this this particular one for like twenty years now. Doesn't Lord. pump or breathe like a Keeley does or mm. like an MXR. That okay. those those are great compressors, but that's more of an effect. Yes. Where this is more like a studio compressor. It's uh-huh. very 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 mm. subtle. Um, great for a bass, great for acoustic, and I use it on electric guitar. Nice. So, yeah, it's a very, very nice transparent sound. Too. Good for live? Yeah. That's well, what you use it for. And yeah. that's it. Yeah, me, um, I still somewhat playing musician. Um, so, yeah. I mean, somewhat you were playing this weekend. Yeah, so I, I play about once are. a week. Well, compared yeah. to what it used to be of 150 shows a year. It's, oh, geez. It's, this yeah. Is, yeah, no, I'm in retirement officially. You know? Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but, you know, that's been on my board for literally almost 20 years, probably, you know hundreds of shows so that's cool that's the first one all right then into uh full drive two full tone full drive two the uh the old blue one i've tried the orange and the red and the earliest ones and i settled on the blue with the white knobs and yeah it's a great pedal do the colors make a difference well what i they yes and no the colors signif- uh, signify, signify, yeah. signify, signify changes in the circuit. Ah, interesting. And the red ones do sound different than the orange ones. Do sound different than the blue ones with the white knobs versus yeah. blue ones with the black knobs versus blue ones with black knobs and the toggle switch. I mean, that's one of the first dual drive pedals. Yeah, and it's not really dual drive. It's a single drive with a boost added. Okay, if that makes sense. No, yeah, I get it. But and, but I mean, in a single box, being able to. Yeah. It, up your attack it, or yeah. lower your attack yeah, and in it one is, box is makes sense. I mean, I'm sure other people are doing this at the same time, but it is one of the first boutique overdrive yeah. TS9, let's take this to the next level yeah. kind of thing, you know? And that's where I assume the original ones came from. The red one was made for a year or two, whatever, and then they yeah. said, ah, oh, it's too wooly, it's too this, too that. Sure. Now we'll put in orange and, you know. And you can get those things for a song. I mean, those are sub $100 still. For the blue ones. Yeah. You look at the orange and the red ones and no. I don't see a whole lot of orange ones, but no. the red ones, those guys the red on ones those. are over. Yeah. Oh, it, well, I'm not talking like the new red ones. No, I'm, yeah, yeah I'm talking about the old ones. Yeah. 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 Anyways, they're still affordable for definitely what, uh, what they pack in and they're well-made. They'll stand up very I mean, clearly because they're still out there. Yeah. And mine's going on 20 years. So geez, 20 years. That's yep. awesome. Yep. Jeez, it's been 20 years. If you like it, you like it. That's all there is to it. There you go. Next is another full drive or full tone pedal. The Super Trem. Super Trem. Yeah. Love that pedal. Everybody who owns one loves it. Love it. It is the best Trem pedal I've ever. And again, I've had them all. You name it. I've tried it because I keep looking for the better one. Here's the thing. Here's my issue with the full Trem. It doesn't super have trim. a, a, a Su- momentary switch. Well, no, it, it, not not that. <laughs> what I, is your issue with that? I mean, the footprint. Yeah, it is. is uh, oh, yeah, yeah it, it is. is. Like, it what is. could your foot but, could it possibly be? But but here's the thing. Like, yeah, and, and I know I mean, some you could guys. Put it at the, if you have a tall, if you have a taller board, you could put it at the top. 
Yeah. No, and it definitely, I mean, yeah, it's awkward because it almost takes up too wide, but it's shallow, all this kind right. of stuff. But, and some guys don't use it this way, but I turn the depth and the, and the speed knobs with my feet. I need those big knobs. I need them to be spread apart. So okay. in a normal, you know, size box, there's no way. Right. With and regular size knobs. Those yeah. do have like amazing pots on them too. Mm-hmm. Tony, it, let me borrow yours. Oh, you're welcome yeah, to. Thank Anytime. you, I will. It's I will. awesome. The, and I guess they have a new version out too. That It's the um, same as the old. But I thought they added some other features. Well, well, the, the original one that I have is just, you know, mono. There's no internal volume control, not external. Then they reissued it and they put like a little trim pot for the volume on the okay. outside. And I, they might have a stereo one now. Okay. Something Ooh, tells me they really? have a stereo one. Oh. And I was like, what the? Okay. I mean, if you really want it, but. Hey, now. Yeah, well, okay. Jared likes stereo stuff. Oh, yeah, man. See, now, now, again, me, you know, like going to a gig, there's no way I'm bringing two rigs. There's no way. I've <laughs> done to it. Run things I've brought stereo. two of the same amps no. and set them back because I'm the only guitar player in the setup. I want, I, was I want two speakers on either side of the stage. Ah, I actually do that. I, I, I put one sidewash and one behind me. Okay. Nice. So I still do that, but they're yeah. 112s. And it's only one head, and I literally only bring one guitar to a gig. Okay. And if I well, break a string, super minimal. That's set break. <laughs> I told you I'm minimal. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I do it for audience purpose. That's my thing because what I found is oh, so you're kind of like, so like if you're at a club, uh huh. And if you're on most stage of the PA's left. are hanging like yep. you, know, you just don't have there's no there's no gap between the stage and where PA's are mm-hmm. right. So. That would allow you, like, if you're over stage left and I'm on stage right, guess what you're not hearing? Yep. So. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. when I played in my band, uh, I was the only guitar player. I had two rigs, and they were, you know, left. <laughs> I had a left and right. And he had I two walked orange, around. orange rigs. Yeah, I walked around because <laughs> I, had, I had a wireless. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> well, that would be yeah. a good would you rather. Would yeah. you rather have a cable At or Johnny's a VFA. Oh, yeah. oh, don't get me started. I love that sound. Yeah, I love the sound overall that, okay. that we had. Okay, anyways. <laughs> stereos. Back, back to your pedals. No, we're talking oh. about. Oh, um, hold on. <laughs> super Trim. Uh, yeah, so Super Trim. Last one. Okay, six one half dozen uh, is this one. Boss DD5 or DD500. It's it's the same sounding pedal. The DD5 is just the four knob digital delay with a tap tempo. Nothing special. The 500 is the new three button programmable, you know, so it's got more presets and stuff, but same similar sounds. Just either one. I just need a nice digital delay. I like digital. Why I do like, you like digital? I don't like the artifacts are put in with a like a decent analog mm-hmm. recreation. You know the the warble it puts on the yeah. degradation. I actually don't like that. Really? I just want it to be a clean echo, especially in a live situation for me. Um, the more crap that it puts out, the more noise and the more washiness. It just adds the noise, especially level if you're in a club. Exactly. I mean, there's, there's a lot. There's so many different right. acoustic things that are happening. And that's why I don't use reverb live most of the time. I don't either. Because you put reverb on the guitar and then now it's just yeah. like covered I, up I even got more. a little bit of amp reverb just to touch. Yeah. Well, you know how many guitar players are actually out in that bar listening to everything you do. Uh-huh. But here, and there's a thing. And and if I played for the people in the bar, well, then I'm bringing my line six pot. Okay. 
You know what I mean? Because <laughs> seriously, that's right? If, if we're going to go down that rabbit hole, it's like, all right, cool. Nobody knows the tone in the room. Then screw it. I'm it's bringing true. out my, my squire and my pod and we're done. <laughs> that's right. And a lot of guys do that, but I got my jam master. <laughs> yeah. But for me, the half of the reason or more that I'm even playing in the club is yeah, I'm there for me. Yeah, so right. if it doesn't sound right, if it's not responding like what I want it to, then you know what? I'll yeah. just stay home and do yeah. it. You I know? agree with that. You need to take pride in your craft. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Cool. So there's the four. That's awesome. Good, good, solid lineup. Uh, all right. <laughs> hey, dude. Oh, I'm so excited about this. I This has been something that we have been tra- talking about for actually quite a long time internally yeah. at at the Guitar Knobs Headquarters Corporation Incorporated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it's something that is close to my, I guess, experience slash heart because I just don't know a lot about amps. I Obviously. wish I did. And and I don't either. what we hear back from everybody else is they don't either. I get so many people like that send send emails or send comments of like, well, you guys gotta do more amp stuff. And I'm like, I would love to. <clears throat> yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> so I've literally been chasing you down for a while. Yeah. Because a, a sorry about that. I think you got one of the best uh, one of the best sources out there from from just a you know arm's length on Instagram. If you're looking at that, what, by the way, what Thank is that you. for? So people can check that out right now. Mad Cow Amplification. Mad Cow Amplification. Check that out on on Instagram. Um, you do a great job of explaining the Thank little you. things that are going on, and it is interesting. And it's from a sort of your point of view, not. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, I no. It's, that it's, sounds it's, weird because, of course, it's your point of view. Well, but. right, right. No, it's my point of view is like a repair tech. Like, look at the sometimes idiocy I have to deal with on a daily basis, right, and, right. and look what this is. And but, but I say when you're when your point of view, I mean that from a more intimate standpoint, mm-hmm. not as a general. Oh, let me teach you all about the stuff. Mm-hmm. You're just sharing the stuff that you're running into, right. and yep. by contact, we are learning, and and I think that's great. Thank you. Um, there are so many instances. If you walk into a guitar shop, you walk into, um, you're at a guitar show, you're looking on Craigslist, you're looking at reverb and there, like I mentioned at the beginning, there's the amps that we, that we have all heard about for so long that we know little about and they're cool and we like them because other people talk about them. And especially if we see somebody, you know, on stage that we, you know, look up to admire or want to emulate, what are they playing Mm -hmm. and why? And then we find out, Oh, that's the, that's the mojo amp. I got to get right. It's like, well, Hey, guess what? That mojo amp's going to come with a bucket of all kinds of other stuff that you got to deal with. So Mm -hmm. we are here to figure out what those things are on a couple of different amps. We are going to hit, Fender, Marshall, Vox, and sort of grab bag of like the, yeah. the oddballs. What? No dumbbells? <laughs> oh, no train wrecks. Now, f- just, yeah, just just so everybody can what? have an understanding of this, like right out of the gate, um, we're we're going to do the best job we can in the short amount of time to go over some some general things. At a later point, if we hear enough no, fervor, uh, from, from you guys out there, we'll do a follow-up 
maybe specifically about maybe uh, one of the brands in particular, probably Fender, because they've got the most, I, mean, I think, yeah, models. Yeah, that's the widest. Th- that's and, the widest yeah. swath. Maybe if we, we can, see the masses with pitchforks and torches. Don't come in here front with pitchforks and torches. <laughs> Is this where we insert the address? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, anyhow, so onward and upward. Let's do this. All right. All right. Let's. Well, and actually, the first thing I want to say is that there, there are three. Thanks, Jared. Three uh, do's, I would say, when you're looking at, at buying used amps. Number one, build a relationship with local retailers. There's nothing better. I know you're talking like buying on the internet, buying a guitar show, buying from someone off Craigslist or, you know, one of the online things, whatever. If you can build a relationship with a local retailer, that way, if you get it and two weeks later, some surprise, oh, I didn't know that the filter caps were going to explode on me, whatever. If you have a relationship with someone, they're going to help you out on it. You're not just going to be flapping in the wind. Right. It's all on you, you know? And that, that probably doesn't mean like with some of the bigger box ones that we won't name. Um, I will challenge that. Okay. Um, and, and, and again, not to name names, but, um, a lot of times because they have a, uh, guarantee on used products, it's X number of days, seven days, 10 days on vintage 30 or 45 on used in general. Well, you're talking about building a relationship though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, well, I hear you there. Yeah. No, with the sales, with the sales. Yeah. Yeah. There's it, plenty yeah. of yeah. shops around and, and yep. guess what? Hey, if you don't have a local guitar shop or something like that, a- any local retailer, nice. I mean, right. support your local guys. They're going to take absolutely. care of you. If you that, can build a relationship, that's yeah. more my point. Yeah, Sorry. absolutely. Absolutely. So that's one. Second thing to do is make friends with whoever your competent tech is. Yeah. Whatever town you're in, talk to your friends, find out who the name that keeps coming up time and time again, and make friends with that guy. So mm-hmm. that way, if you're looking at an amp, you're at a guitar show out of town, and if you're actually friends with him, you can send him a text, say, hey, I don't want to bother you, but and you could snap him a pic of like the inside of the chassis mm-hmm. and they'll at least be able to tell you, whoa, lots of stuff has been changed. Beware. What's the best currency to do that? Box of donuts? Yeah, box of <laughs> uh, Timbits. Those, those are the best. Yeah. With, okay. here, the best currency to do this is when you're making friends with your tech, yeah. then support him. Meaning like, you know, if you buy said amp, Bring it to him to have him check it out because it's going to be a minimum bench fee, 40, 50 bucks. Yeah. He'll be able to tell you if anything's wrong with it. But if they're actually, because I do that with people all the time, long time yeah. customers will call me and say, Hey, I'm looking at this amp. It's like, send me a picture of it because it will be posted online. And I'll email them back. Say, nope. You want to stay away from that one for X, Y, Z, you know? Yeah. Um, and then the third thing, anytime you're buying anti vintage amp, just assume you're going to be into it for some money. Yeah. Just assume you're going to. Yeah. Okay. Now you're going to tell us, why those are the big overarching things three that that you did um i'm actually writing some notes down so that i can ask you along the way um you are recording this well yeah but he's gonna ask questions right now uh so anyways yeah go ahead okay so let's look at fender first yes um and and, and to be clear we're talking about used amps and used vintage used old, vintage old, amps, not older and, current and, production and tube amplification a, in tubes right. yeah used tube, vintage amps vintage amps so tube. what would constitute vintage 25 years, years. 25 years and isn't older. this sick like i'll be in one of the major box stores and there's something from 1980 something that says vintage i'm like what the oh god it is vintage right okay <laughs> yep <laughs> Wow. You know, wow. I, I usually consider vintage 60s, 70s, 50s, you know, yeah, that, that's yeah. what most of us generally call yeah. vintage amp, you know, those are the good old days. Yeah. So for I mean, who 
People. For Tony. For me. <laughs> I remember when we used okay. to walk uphill both ways. Yeah. That's right. Dang it. All right. With two so, amps. So yeah, let, let's say uh, a Fender. So let's just say blackface in general. You know, everything from Princeton, Vibrolux, Deluxe, all, you know, anything blackface. Right. Um, well, and for some listeners who don't know what blackface means, mm, can you explain that? It has a blackface. <laughs> it, it's it's for, it's from the era of the what sixty four to sixty seven. Right. When you look 68? at the, the amp in the front, yeah. it's got a black control plate. Exactly. Yeah, the face of it is black. Versus yep. in late sixty eight, they went to a silver. A silver. And then yeah. and prior Drip to that, it was brown. And all that kind of. Yeah, thing. brown for a few years, and then yeah, tweed. And, yeah, okay. Tweed. So all that. Um, and again, like we just talked about, assume that you're going to have some issues. Maybe some of this has been changed at some point. Maybe not. And even if it has been changed, if it's 20 years ago, well, they may, may need to be done again. And to what degrees, competency, quality parts. Um, a lot of them, filter caps. Just assume you're going to have to do the filter caps. Even What if, is a filter cap? Filter cap, it is a capacitor, thus cap, and it filters out the residual AC noise after rectification. Okay. So power comes in off the wall. It's AC, alternating current. It has to be switched to DC inside the amp to make everything turn on and light up and everything. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, it's not a perfect flat DC signal. It still has these ripples left. And you'll hear that as noise if your filter caps are bad because it won't be filtering out all that extra noise. Uh -huh. Why do filter caps go bad? Time. They weren't, and especially like when they built all these amps in the 50s, 60s, 70s, none of these companies thought this stuff was going to be used a decade later. Okay. You know, I mean, it, nobody was thinking that far forward. So the average lifespan, especially on the old paper caps, mm -hmm. 10 years, and I'll open up one now and it's a 45 year old amp and they're original and it's, you know, yeah, it's time. And you know, guy, guy will bring an amp, go, yeah, man, it buzzes, it hums, does all this stuff. Why? I'm like, well, you've got, you know, 50 year old tires on your car, basically, you know, oh, that's yeah, a good it, way to put you it. You know, yeah. when you open it up and it has bad filter caps, do you see that kind of, is it like sometimes, a tan brown leaky? So, sometimes they, they, they've completely vented. Sometimes they are exploding. Sometimes they're just leaking. Sometimes right. none of that. Sometimes, you know, if I open up a, a, a vintage Fender blackface, a 65 whatever, and it's got the original paper caps in it, they're getting replaced. Right. Even if they look absolutely fine, even if they measure fine, come on. They're, again, 50-year-old tires on a car. Right. right, because they could go at any given time. Yeah. And you already have it on the bench, and they yes. paid a bench fee, so you're actually doing them a service. Yes, you don't and wanna... I do not like to see a repair come back. That is... Right, right. you don't want to put something out there you know full no, well is going to be coming back. No. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, now, is that is that considered major surgery? No. Filter caps. And here's the thing: on a on a vintage piece, to me, maybe not from a reseller, um, a vintage market, pure vintage market. And, and I always tell people that somebody will bring me a completely virgin sixty-five, whatever. In fact, I just had a sixty-five. I can't remember if it was the Lux or Fiber Lux that just came through. That was completely virgin. Nothing had been touched in it. And I had to call the guy. And go, okay, you brought it to me because it's humming. It's snap, crackle, pop. It's got all these issues. You need filter caps done, B-plus supply rebuilds, all the stuff done. You're going to kill the value of your amp. It's worth more as it sits right now. Once I do this work and you pay me $500 to do all this work, it's going to be worth, worth less. Mm -hmm. But, you know, do you want to use it? It'll be usable. Or yeah. do you want to just stare at it? Right. You know, and that's the difference there. Sure. So that's, that's a tricky place to be. It is. My job as a repair tech is to make the thing as solid as possible so it can be played to make music. Right. That's the way I look at things. Right. But, and I've had some guys, I've brought that up to them and they said, yeah, you know what? Never mind. I'll just sell it as is and let me go get one that's beat or, 
you know, sure. is a later model. It's not worth as much and mm-hmm. we'll put money into that. Yeah. So gotcha. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so that's filter caps. That's the first thing. Um, tubes, 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 tubes. Yeah. I mean, there, we could do a whole show on yeah. tubes. I oh mean, my gosh, so that's 90 plus percent of problems with any tube amp new or old, but right. Assume you're going to be into it for tubes, you know, even if it's quote been done before, who knows how many hours are on it, you know, right. Especially if you're just getting weird, random snap crackle pops, it's most likely a tube, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and along with that, a lot of times when output tubes fail on an amp and I see this in fender more often than most of the other ones because of the way the circuits designed and the value resistors they use in the output section. Um, it often takes out what are called screen grid or control grid resistors. And they're basically resistors in line uh, to the pins of the output tube socket that limit the current and actually more so the voltage and by defect. Okay. So you, you probably actually made a few people crash their cars right there. Okay. <laughs> Let's back up. I'm sorry. Okay. No, you're, you're fine. That, that's all. It's all. That's all, all. Yeah. That's that's fine. So uh, let's let's backtrack just a little bit. Um, you said you're so with tubes. Mm-hmm. Can you it just give as brief of a layman's understanding of you got yeah. power tubes, you got output tubes. Yes. Yes. So so here you go. Power tubes and output tubes are the same thing. Um, I don't like the term power tube. Aha. Uh-huh because it, that's more like it can only be used in a power section where this type of tube is usually used in the output section of the amp versus the preamp. So you get the preamp and the output sections. Okay. So what would the difference be? Um, the preamp tubes are very low current um, and they are used to bump it up from a instrument signal to more of a line. Okay. Level. So, so that's the first, that's the first set those of are, tubes. Those are the little guys. So you, you plug your guitar in mm-hmm. the juice goes forward it hits mm-hmm. those tubes hits those tubes and they bump it up to something that the rest of the amp can work with gotcha um and the tone circuitry and the gain and your tremolo and all that kind of stuff okay those are all your little guys right um and then it goes into the output supply which are the bigger tubes okay and that's what just applies power so it collects all the tone mm-hmm. so so you, you plug your guitar in it gets it gets the gas yes a then little bit of gas. A little bit of gas, not a ton. And then it and then it travels down and it says, all right, give me some bass, give me some treble, give mm-hmm. me some mids, give me mm-hmm. some reverb. Mm-hmm. Then you take that signal. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a pedal board, really. Yeah. And then and then you get to the end and then it says, all right, make this it is loud. Where, this is the make it loud <laughs> Now part. we make it loud. All right. And yep. what are those tubes called? Those, I call them output tubes. Output tubes. But even just today, I was buying from a supplier and on their website and they have their output tubes under power tubes. Okay. And I'm like, well, not really because they, because you also have rectifier tubes that mm. are power that it actually rectifies power. So it's a, it's a, yeah. Okay. So for, for our illustration right preamp now. Preamp and output. You got preamp tubes at the front mm-hmm. and then you have output tubes at the at, at the, the end. At the yes, end. sir. Okay. There you go. Um, and then, so... And we got way off from the thing that we're... <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. We're all, we're all learning here. If you want to come back learning. around to that, where, where, back around. where it was coming from is that um, a lot of times in, in any tube amp, but more so in a fender tube amp, when an output tube fails because of the way it's designed and the value resistors they use, when output tube fails, often it takes out a resistor that's tied to that output tube. Okay. And the resistor is essentially help helping that signal not go 
bonkers. Yeah, yeah. It controls, actually sets the uh, the bias, the cue, how that tube actually functions. Okay. Um, and by default, that if a tube shorts or fails, it'll pull too much current and blow one of those resistors or just damage it. Right. Um, so what I see a lot is where a tube will blow and the guy will look in the back and see a tube's not lighting up or it's bright red. So he goes, oh, I got a bad tube. So you replace the output tubes. Uh-huh. Then a month later, he calls me and goes, yeah, man, it sounded fine for a week. And that started sounding funny. And then the same tube blew again. Right. And I'm like, ah, because when that tube blew the first time, you lost your resistor. It damaged one of these. Right. So, then, so and, yeah. and for people like me who just mm-hmm. really need things simplified, the mm-hmm. resistor is the idea of like, if you have a garden hose yep. that the, that the current is going through, but then all of a sudden that goes into a like a straw, like a soda straw. That's, it's yeah. It, that, it's your faucet. It's a faucet right there. It's controlling gotcha. how much current you want to pass so through. If that is not forcing it into a soda straw and you have this big giant yes. wave of electricity hitting your tubes, that's yes, where you run into a problem. Yes and no. It's called welding. Most of the time what happens, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time a tube, uh, or I'm sorry, a resistor won't short. Okay. So most of the time they don't short. So it allows all the current through. Most of the time they open or partially open. I see. So just the opposite happens. So it allows less current through. But oh, so it starves it. It starves it. But here's the problem is that mm-hmm. depending on which resistor it is and how the whole power amplifier, if you starve one pin, that can actually cause the tube to work harder in other ways. And cause uh, or what happens even more often is that one side of the power amp will be working less than a hundred percent. So then the opposite side works harder to try to offset Compensate. that. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So that's yeah, where so all the like problems come in. Yeah. Got it. I'm, 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 I'm metaphor, metaphor yep. man. So I'm trying to, to stop doing that and let you do your thing. Oh no, no. That's the, the garden hose. That's why I started shaking my head. The garden hose is the purpose. Perfect. Okay. Great. Description on that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see you. So when you're doing uh, tubes, tubes, we're mm-hmm. talking about tubes. tubes. So one of the common things you hear about tubes, um, we're doing a lot of front loading on information here. Yeah. So we're not going to do that for every single one of the amps we're going right. to go through, but this is sort of general, like, Hey, this is going to help us the rest of the show. Hopefully. Uh, <laughs> uh, when, when we're l- learning about power tubes or sorry, just regular tubes in general, you hear terms like tube rolling and you hear like matched matched set tubes mm-hmm. and stuff Can, touch on that just a, yeah. just a bit so and it, and i believe tube matching well with output tubes is important with preamp tubes because you can buy a preamp tube your typical 12x7 that's in most of the popular you know tube amps it's actually two stages in one so it's like two tubes in one little tube okay and you can get those so that the two stages are matched with each other and eh. Eh, I don't think that's necessarily all that important because other variations in the amp will cause as much problems. Okay. But output section, output tube matching, I think is very important because if you have, let's say you're looking at a Fender Twin, Blackface mm-hmm. Twin, you have four output tubes in it. If two are set in the middle, meaning like they they are uh, they pull this much current, then one's really hot, one's really cold. Right. Then yeah, you see that one that's running really hot. It's going to be hot all the time. It's good. Right. Yeah. And then also it could give you an asymmetrical wave and a lot of crossover distortion. So uh, I would equate this to like, if you have a pair of, if you get a used guitar and someone's put in pickups mm-hmm. and you have got, you hit the bridge pickup and it just kind of sounds weak. And then all of a sudden you hit the neck and just, it's 
off the charts, super crazy loud. You're like, what the crap? Sort of They're like that. Balanced. Here, here's a here's a better one. Um, Ooh, good. Uh, I, I I always go back to cars for some reason. Sure. Um, setting gaps and spark plugs. Okay. And, uh, and yeah, and half of them are set correctly. The other half are all over the damn place. Yeah. It's not going to run right. Right. You know, some right. are going to be firing right where they should be. Some are going to be so barely matching a, a match set of tubes. Essentially, mm-hmm. someone has tested to see yes. what the out- output is. Yeah. To uh, make sure that they're all pretty much doing the same. Output. Yeah. Yeah. And there's several readings, the transconductance and capacitance and, and all these kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But yes, but basically that's the general idea is that they all work very closely to one another. Yeah. Cool. How about the flux capacitor? All right, Jack. That's very important. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's part two. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> on on past tubes. Here we go. Okay. Get your head on the thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's important to spend so much time on tubes because it a lot of the, you know. Right. And yeah. that's also where a lot of people say, I don't know what's wrong with my amp. I guess it's tubes and then it may not be. And then it's like, you. then you can also go like, if you, if, if you start to try to learn about tubes, the more you learn about tubes, the oh. less you know about it. It's crazy. It's, it's, yeah, it's simple, but it's not simple. And all the different <laughs> kinds. So spend time, do some learning before you just charge out there or make a relationship with the trusted tech That's who's going to eliminate that. And, 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 yeah, and here's why too, because I tell people this whole time is that you put in your new pair of output tubes Best case scenario, that's all it was, but you still need your amp bias. You need the bias adjustment done. Um, um, uh, most techs will charge a minimum bench fee of whatever, $50, $75. And, and just to clarify, a bench fee mm-hmm. is? Minimum bench fee. So any tech will say, this is the minimum fee I'll charge you to take a look at your amp. If it needs nothing at all, give it a clean bill of health and give it back to you kind of thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, if you have an output tube failure, you could go and buy a new set of output tubes for $80 online. They come in, you pop them in, it works for a month, and then you blow a tube, you're out 80 bucks. Mm-hmm. And you still got to take it to a tech. Versus right. you take it to a competent tech, he'll open it go, yeah, it's just tubes. I'll sell them to you for the same price that you buy them for online. So you paid me 40 or 50 bucks, 70 bucks to make sure you don't go that for right. that. It's biased correctly. And more what? likely, if there's an underlying issue, they'll catch it. Okay. What's biasing? Biasing. Okay. Going back to cars. All right. Biasing is like setting the idle on an engine. Ah. Yeah. If you can't just buy a new engine and drop in your car and go, yeah, we're good. You right. set the idle. Yeah, otherwise, you know, it could just stall out or it could be idling at 4,000 RPMs, right? Right. Same idea with tubes. You put them in the amp and most amps need the bias adjust. Some designs don't. And we can talk. I hear about that a lot that. with Marshalls. I hear biasing in Marshalls is like a th- real big thing. But yeah. we can get to that when we get yeah. the Marshall section. Yeah, but. really the I mean, you know, you know, out of the big three, Vox is the only one you don't have to worry about. Okay. Um, but yeah, adjusting the bias on, on tube. Sometimes you can pop in the tubes and it's gonna be really close to wherever the bias is set and you're good. Okay. You know, it's negligible difference. Other times it could be way off. I just had in fact I was working on a guy's twin today and he brought it in, he said, Yeah, I put in some new tubes. And, uh, and he's like, and just hasn't sounded right since then. I checked the bias on it. First thing I plugged into it and I know what, where, I'd, how loud it should be, what sound like at a certain volume. It's mm-hmm. like, that's really weak. Right. Check the bias on it. It was bias so cold, so low that it was like half the output. The wave looked all distorted. 
And it was just, it was just bias strong. That was his, his only problem with it. I wanted to let you know that it took an immense amount of restraint for all three of us not to say, how low was it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Just throw it in. <laughs> but um, yeah, so, so that's the best way to describe bias. It's like okay, setting cool. the Perfect. idle on, on an engine when you, you know. Awesome. And that's, that's basically setting the voltage. Yeah, well, yes and no. Most amps, like let's say Fender and Marshall, the way they work is that it has a negative voltage applied to an input grid that actually, it's like a faucet. The the more negative voltage, it blocks the current flow through the tube. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when you make a tube hotter, you actually are giving it less negative voltage, which allows the current to flow more freely. Okay. You know, and that's gotcha. what, and, and what happens is you'll put in a set of tubes that naturally has um, a higher current rating so it's hotter tube then you're going to want to put more negative bias to restrict that more mm-hmm. so and that's all you're doing setting the bias okay yeah. awesome yep what you got next okay what do we got so what we talked we talked about tubes we talked about filter caps we we're on fenders i think and we're on fenders really the only other two things you come across in fenders a lot are going to be a trim circuit that's out of whack um, meaning that you turn on the trim and the speed, what you would expect zero to 10, it's like zero. And then at 10, it's only giving you half the speed that you expect or the depth. It's like, wow, all the way up. It's barely on um, common problem. That is caps in the trim circuit that have gone out of tolerance. Um, that's very important. A lot of these amps, a cap or resistor will drift in the preamp section. It just gives it a different flavor, different break up different tone but when you do it in the trim circuit it won't oscillate like it's supposed to and it will just quit working or it won't work to the full sweep um so that's a common problem in fender amps and then reverb reverb tanks and the fender amps i mean you know it's a whole horribly antiquated design so they break all the time and that's usually what that is if you have an old blackface and the reverb's dead okay how do you know if it's dead I mean, I know that that's probably like everybody just went hand to forehead. If you, if you, you can't turn up reverb, the reverb, it doesn't work. If it doesn't go reverb, that's reverb, usually reverb, what reverb. it is. <laughs> but the, aside from that, aside is from there that. is there other things that it can be like where your reverb can still yeah. be working, but it's not really working right? Yeah, well, yeah, and it could still be the tank because um, well, there's a dummy now. Well, <laughs> I will say that, that. that would be you, Todd. <laughs> Nine times out of ten, if you have a problem with the reverb, yeah, it is either the reverb tank or one of the reverb driver tubes. Okay, but most of the time it's the tank There's, itself. So the uh, the reverb tank uh-huh. needs a tube. Needs two. Needs two tubes. So you're talking tubes. or one and a half. Tubes a lot tubes of tubes. In exact. That. Yeah, it's actually one and a half tubes to be exact. How it works. Um, one whole tube, the dual twin triode. Um, pushes to the reverb tank. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it has a recovery stage, another half, another tube that after it comes out of the reverb tank to put it back in. Wow. So if any where along that or reverb transformer fails, then yeah, your reverb will be okay. dead. But again, nine times out of 10, it's the tank. Right. So just based on the very brief description, now everybody should have a very good understanding of why well, that, that you line need six to sounds tell. really good right now. <laughs> That's right. Yep. 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 Oh, <laughs> uh, all the trashing on the I, I think the state, important right? thing that Ron <laughs> said. No, and I, I tried to make that short too. I'm sorry, guys. No, you did. That was great. But, Put it but, down in editing. But it's a great, a great example of why you do need to establish. Uh, a connection with a local oh, yeah. repair person 
Um, because, it, you know, myself, I mean, Rob's done a couple of jobs for me. And, you know, I, I know enough to get into trouble, but there's mm-hmm. no way that I want to go start screwing yeah. around with circuitry yeah. and different things like that. It's dangerous. It, yes, yeah, it can be. You it, can really yeah. hurt There's yourself. There's some serious oh, voltage. Oh, it hurts. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> I haven't done it for a while, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, so a quick public service announcement. Seriously, do not, yeah. do not attempt to work on your own amp yeah. if you do not have guidance or have researched the heck out of what you're doing because you can end up in the hospital or uh, you would really you, ha- you would really have to booger it up to blow end your up arms in hospital. off. <laughs> yeah. you, 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 let's, let's put it you're more likely that you would end up with a much bigger bill on your amp. Yeah. At, and that's a lot of what I do. It's like, yes. oh, so so you got inside this? Awesome. Um, uh-huh. Or <laughs> and or your bench feed just doubled. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I first have to put it back to like it was before you worked on it. Great. Um, but yeah, more likely rather than you're not, you're probably not going to do any serious harm where you're really going to hurt yourself, but you're not going to feel your fingers for, you know, the rest of the night. Oh, no, boy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> well, I mean, it's, or it's you one can blow thing your to, arms off. Well, it's one thing to do <laughs> tubes, you know, replacing tubes, yeah. different things like that. But, you know, someone who doesn't really know what they're doing should, should never not pull, pull a chassis. chassis. No, no, no. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you want to know something there? I did a long time ago. Yeah. I figured everybody, everybody does. That's how I just started. <laughs> and I looked at it <laughs> and, said, and then, and I, and I looked at it and I said, it was a, it was a, a, a Marshall combo. It was mm-hmm. a 80, 81, 20, I think. I think it was called an 8120. Okay. It's like a Val state amp. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I, and I was like, well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna clean it. With some oh, spray uh, dust, you know, because it wasn't, it didn't, it didn't sound no. right, right? Has, I, you know, I didn't know. Yeah. And right. I opened it up and I took the thing and I was like, oh Lord, what have I done? <laughs> Just slide it back in, tighten up the screws. I like gingerly sprayed it and I was like, well, I guess back in the case you go. Yeah. No. <laughs> I sold it immediately after that. Yeah. By the way. Um, hey, I bought okay. your app. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So as far as fenders go and, and mm-hmm. I, seriously, I, people out there listening, I, we would really love to hear if this is something you you want to hear more of in particular about you know all of the the different models of amps that fender put out we're most you know we're familiar with them twins um you got the deluxes the tweeds the princes on down so the line many. so many so and i personally think that would be super interesting to oh, just yeah. not necessarily learn about how to fix them all but just kind of learn about what what are the differences let's let's move on to um, marshall 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 Most of you have probably heard of marshall's uh, th- those are typically reserved for heavier use i would uh, yeah. I, I mean yes and no yes and no 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 i mean they're well, a lot darker there's not a lot though. of oh, no, no underpower marshall amps oh no, no you're wrong that's where no, you're not wrong. darker i, I always i, I always love how we're having two conversations about, across each other right how now. How about it? I was, yeah, <laughs> that, well, this ought to be good. <laughs> mute, mute. Yeah. There you go. Go ahead. Um, no, well, okay. So Jared just brought up something that darker. No, just the opposite. Actually, most yeah. marshals really? are bright to the point that the standard mod I do on on a, a four input super lead or fifty watt or even eight hundred is remove bright caps. Okay. Um, they can be very, very, very harsh. I associate Marshalls with British tone, and I associate British tone being darker. No. Warm. Warm, uh, well, yeah. Warm and bright. Well, yeah, bright. Here's kind of the 
how I generally separate the two. Okay. Um, Marshall and doing big part to the EL34s and also gain. EL34s being? A type of output tube. Okay. Good I would call I'm sure we're going to call it. I'm going to call them a power tube. Don't do it. Jeez. <laughs> we'll throw something at you here. Right. Um, so yeah. So, so an EL34 um, by how the tube is designed, I guess not really designed, just a byproduct of its design is it doesn't have the widest frequency response, meaning uh-huh. it doesn't go as low, doesn't go as high. Right. So it's going to be more mid rangey in general um, and then high gain stuff in general. Um, it becomes very uncontrollable in the low end as the more gain you put in. So there's caps and stuff put in there where it rolls off the low end. So where I'm going with all this, a lot of marshals because they're a little higher gain and they're using EL34. That's a more broad mid range. Um, think vintage ACDC where it sounds like a wide mid range freight train coming right. at you. It doesn't mm-hmm. have the real low lows. doesn't have the high, real high highs, but it's just this, this wall of mid range, you know, right. where a fender amp, typically like a 606 output tube mm-hmm. has a wider frequency response, more lows, more highs. So it sounds bigger on the bottom end, chimier on the high end, and it's not as much gain. Now you're making sense. Yeah. yeah. So yep. uh, I'm, I'm going to take that minute just to pause mm-hmm. and, and, and point out something. When, if you look up tube rolling or any kind of like tube comparison on YouTube or you're talking to your friends about it, that's where people are trying different. So some of these tubes are synonymous with these amps. The amp right. manufacturers decided, yes. like like Marshall, EL34. Yep. We're going to use EL34 in ours. Uh, Fender's going to use 6L6 or, yep. uh, or 6V6. Uh, different wattages, okay. yes. Yeah. And those um, those are just literally sort synonymous of brands. With, yeah. they're, they're not. It, it, it doesn't mean much right i mean it's you, just you mean the, the nomenclature for the tubes right it, it's a different tube and 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 remember this when fender started using 6l6s it wasn't like we want the sound of a 6l6 blah blah, blah. no it was like what tube is inexpensive sturdy that right. will fit these requirements right. of, of 50 exactly. watts right right <laughs> and, and then el34 same thing well el34 um the original marshals used kt66s which right. were the European version of 606. Right. They were copying Fender and said, well, what, what do we have over here? It's the closest. So it, it's from just economy. What exactly. Yeah. You know? So what ends up happening is, and I've watched, uh, I've watched several of these videos. Um, actually, there's one guy, I think he's Swedish and he, he does a great series on these where he, he's got a, he's got a Marshall and, and he rolls through and he, and he's got, okay, here's, Here's the six L sixes. He plays the same riff and he says, this is, this is the head with six L sixes, six V sixes, EL 34s. And then the KT 88, 65, the, 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 the fatter ones, yeah, right? KT 88, yeah. Probably. Yeah. And it's really cool. Cause you can, you can really hear difference, but you mm-hmm. just described the difference that we can hear that they don't go into, which is a wider range of tone. So, like you just said, the EL 34s have a, have a narrower range of tone and it's going to mm-hmm. sit more in the mids. Right. Whereas 6L6 or even a 6V6 potentially, I think is what no, you're saying. No, 6V6, not really. No, okay. Because so it's I a lower wattage tube. Lower wattage. And, 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 and good point that you're talking about is the frequency response is it's not only just simple as wider or narrower, but each one will have more certain resonant areas uh-huh. where 1K would be more resonant in this tube versus this one. Right. And then that's where people start comparing 12 different 
brands of 606s okay. and, gotcha. and you can go so far down. Gotcha. You know? Okay. So the point being is that if you have an amp that you really love and you want to see what other tones it can mm-hmm. do, that is a way of making that happen. But maybe ask your tech yes. how to do that. Well, and, and most definitely, because most amps are set up for one type of output tube, but then within that type, yeah, go from this brand to this brand, to this brand can be drastically different. Right. Yeah. Right. And having it biased and yada, yada. Right. And then yeah. you also don't have to go through the expenditure of buying all those tubes. Yeah, absolutely. Which are expensive. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Okay. Back to Marshall. So back to Marshall. So where do we, how do we even start on Marshall? So we were talking <laughs> about the, I thought they were dark. Oh, that's right. So we the didn't, get, we didn't even get into Marshall. Okay. Yeah. Um, so one big thing about Marshall. So I, I guess this Marshall in general, we've already covered the difference of filter caps and screen girders and all that kind of stuff in general. Marshall doesn't have, they're not prone to as many issues with filter caps and control grid resistors blowing. What's a control grid resistor that those are those resistors on the output tubes that we okay, talked gotcha. about. Okay. They're screen and control grid resistors. Okay. Um, and the reason they're not as prone to having those blow is that they use a much higher wattage. So even if a tube fails, it's not as likely to damage the resistor versus where in the fender they use just enough. Okay. That uh. yeah, they would cause damage and possibly blow one. And likewise in the capacitors and most marshals are large can caps that have just held up way better over the years. Okay. Um so a lot of times you don't have those problems. But typical problem with more marshals and we're talking like 60s, 70s, even the 80s, 800s a lot of them, a lot, a lot, a lot have been modded. So many have been modded. So why? You know, I, I guess it was probably most of these mods were probably happening in the eighties when I was about 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm guessing here. <laughs> why that, did you do that then, Rob? <laughs> why? <laughs> yeah, no, this was before my time, so I'm not responsible. <laughs> but um you know, I, cause even when I started buying some Marshall, I was like 15, 16, you can get an old 800 head for $400. It was cheap. They were everywhere. And oh, you want more gain out of it? Well, get in there and swap these six resistors and swap it. Oh, and now here's the new gain for this. And so-and-so put it in gain stage and oh, you right. want effects slip. Got it. So a lot more hacked. And I think it was probably during that eighties time when everybody was trying to get higher gain amps. Right. And, yeah. Um, so yeah. So, and, and some of these are awesome. The, Mods have been done great. It sounds fantastic. Other ones are just complete hack jobs. Um, super glue all over the place. Hot glue. You know, yeah. guy brings it to me, goes, yeah, it's making a rack. And I'm like, well, yeah, there's zip ties holding stuff together. <laughs> oh, I have literally seen that where like PCBs have been floating around inside an amp zip tied. And wow. I'm like, well, there's your problem. You know, he's like, well, it was fine for the two years I owned it. Or I'm like, it was only a matter of time, you know? But yeah. Right. So, so those are the hidden dangers of the marshals is a lot of times they've been modded. Okay. Um, so it's a different set of problems versus the fender stuff. And same thing, you buy an old vintage Marshall. And if you're not buying it from a buddy that's already had it checked out, or you're not buying it by your, from your local shop, that's already had it checked out kind of assume, you know, if there's a hole drilled on the back, uh oh, somebody's modded at some point. Okay. You know, if somebody says, well, so-and-so put in this special mod, it's got the sector switch. Uh-huh. It could be really cool or you could be buying train wreck, you know? Now, if, if, uh, let's put me in a situation where I'm without, uh, now Jared, yep. not one of your situations where I'm walking down the street and a safe falls or something like that. Right. But I'm I'm about to pr- pull the trigger on this Marshall that I found on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. 
and it says it's it's had a mod. Yep. Are there certain mods that I should be really like, whoa, wait a minute. That's no, no, it, just it, if it, it's it, been modded, it's been modded. And well, and, and that, again, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, anybody that is selling something like that online, a store, anybody, they should be able to give you pics of the chassis, the inside. Okay. okay and likewise, you know, if you were going to sell an amp, you right. could take the four screws out, take the chassis out, flip it upside down and take a picture of it. And then, you know, and th- th- this goes back to the relationship with your local tech. So you, Todd, you're looking at this Marshall amp. Yeah. You get a picture of it and you text me and go, hey, Rob, can I send you a picture of this? And any competent tech will at least be able to look at and go, okay, this is what I know has been changed here or here, or no, it looks pretty much all original. You're good to go. Gotcha. Give you some insight, you know? Right. But that's really it. You have to see the inside. You really have to see the inside. Okay. Uh, are there any specific when you're talking about the, the you know vintage marshals are there any that you think are probably ones that that honestly you're like this this marsh for some reason i feel like some of them are going to be like way more expensive yes than others all right plexi front plexi front tell us what a plexi front is it's it's yeah, everybody's, well, not everybody. A lot of people have probably heard the term Marshall Plexi yep. or pulled up on your line six amp that says Plexi Tone or right. whatever. Synonymous with Jimmy. Yeah, and this this is where you lose me because I'm not the guy that's like, these guys so-and-so used this amp and... <laughs> Plexi. What sounds are synonymous with the Plexis, guys? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the early stuff. Early Who, uh, Hendrix. Oh, I've seen where Eric Clapton had a Plexi, you know. Yeah. Um, I've seen... Uh, I gotta believe how... Almost all these guys, at some point, have plugged. Had, had, had a plexi. Had, had, yeah. It was kind of like, oh yeah, I'll give that a try for a week. What so, you know? so to clarify, a plexi <laughs> yeah. literally means the front face is of, made out of plexi of the amp head is made. Um, yes, he's got, yeah. yes, also raising, he's raising, raising, raising. That's his very hand. polite. Jay. I know, like, let me let me talk. Jeez. Well, isn't it is it true that Marshall kind of copied the plexi from the Fender uh, base? That is false. They, they, copy, they copied the uh, neither. They copied um, the JTM 45. The line six. From the basement. So the very first Marshalls were JTM 45s, and it was a basement. Like, wow. Perfectly. I'm really glad you, you set that straight. Yeah. yeah. The Plexi was, was when they started to deviate from okay. it. Um, and then pretty much the Plexi, and it, what it is, they use numbers for all their circuits. They didn't have cool names like Deluxe and all this. Right. The 1959 circuit was the 100 watt Plexi. Mm. And they had different versions of it, a, a super lead, a super bass, a Mark II, and all this kind of stuff. Um, and then they came out the 50 watt version, 1987, same damn circuit, just 50 watt. Right. And then late 70s, um, they started switching to the 800s, which was a different schematic quite a bit mm-hmm. different preamp circuit but yeah so it went copy of the basement change into the vintage marshall plexi kind of sound and then into the 800s very cool and yeah. the 800s is what we are probably more familiar with more i guess you could yeah. say modern harder rock that's the beginning of of right i mean th- that's the heavy metal sound oh yeah yeah that's the like if you listen to i'm trying to think of an old band scorpions yeah <laughs> well yeah i mean that's a lot of that was even like the plexi kind of stuff with the with dirt pedal thrown in front of i mean it. um guns and roses oh yeah yeah right 
Yeah, sort of, except it's technically it was a twenty five fifty five, the Silver <laughs> Jubilee. Silver Jubilee. I'm kind of well. That no, hey, that I I didn't know that. Hey, everybody yeah. out there, <laughs> go to the socials instead of straight on this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's Do not listen to me. There that's is somebody why I'm doing the show because I don't know. Right. I want to learn. Set it straight, guys. Well, and I'm sure there's somebody out there right now going, no, you know, so and so use the eight hundred yeah, on these somebody three is weeks. Somebody tearing the vinyl <laughs> yeah, off there, steering wheel driving. I know. But yeah, the eight hundred was. Was a starting of of I guess you call it modern rock, but I mean this is good. People can get pissed at this, but um, Jesse's girl like that kind of sound. Yeah, that's that's like a stock eight hundred right there. Okay, you know it's gainy, but it's not heavy, but it's yeah. not as wooly and breaking apart as the 70s stuff was you know right. what i mean right a little tighter little yeah exactly a little tighter a little more refined a little more gain inside the amp itself but not high gain by any stretch of the imagination right. but that's the basis of everything after that though. gotcha sound city baby yeah all right that's right <laughs> uh okay onward and upward onward Maybe not upward. <laughs> Is that yeah. where we're going with that? <laughs> Sideways. Oh, well, we're just going to go onward because there's no up from yeah. here. <laughs> one, before we move on to the next amp here, one quick thing about the Marshall. Yeah. Um, two mods that, and I'm going to catch some real crap for this one. There's two mods go for that it. if you have a, a Plexi or a JMP, a 1959 or 1987 model amp, I think everybody should have done is one telescoping ground leads added to the input jacks. Basically, you change the wires out and it gets rid of 80% of your Okay, hit that. Say exactly what you said one more time because everybody was like, wait, what did he just say? Yep, if you have a four-input Marshall 1959 or 1987 circuit, you want your tech to put telescoping ground leads from your input jacks. Mm -hmm. It isolates, it actually has a, a ground that shields these wires now, so it cuts out 80% 80% of the room noise background noise. Aha. Yeah. And it's very simple. Any tech can do it for you and it'll really make the amp much more usable. Do you think the clone kits that you can buy for these plexis, do you think that is a part of a lot of, of them are okay. a lot of it? It is just, yeah, exactly. That's the way they're made. Yeah. Right. They, they just put it right in. As long as you're putting a wire in, let's just put in this type of wire. Now, back then with the old plexis, they weren't, they, they didn't guess the user was going to turn both volume one and two XM and turn them both up to 10. Right. You know? <laughs> they were like, yeah, this one will be run at two for a guitar and this one, a bass is going to be plugged in over here and sure. run at one or whatever. Sure. So, and that's where the noise comes in where you turn those up and then you put an attenuator on the back end. So you've got all this input noise going on. Mm-hmm. So that's one quick, mod. the other mod that I think, and one of my best friends is going to kick my butt for saying this post phase inverter master volume. Yes, that's what okay. I, I okay. That's what I have that. on. That's I what I have on my clone. Just gonna say that. Were, were you really baby? Tony? You're just yeah. jumping on the bandwagon. I have a bumper sticker <laughs> yep. on my car that says "I break for what did you post say?" Post phase inverter master. Post phase inverter. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> say that three times quick, Todd. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. In all seriousness, <laughs> what is it? Say that one more time. Slow. And and, and this is important. This is a big yes. one. Post phase inverter master volume. Okay, and what does that do for you? It adds a master volume to your amp, just like it says, it's a master volume, and it's post-phase inverter, which is a section of the amp that goes between the preamp and the output is the phase inverter. It's after that. Okay. So the purpose of this is that it allows you to get gain distortion clipping through all of the preamp tubes, and then it attenuates the volume right before it goes to the output tubes. Got it. 
in general, it is the least destructive to a cranked martial tone. Got so, it. And, and some guys like one of my buddies, that's real purists, plexis, cranks them up, puts them in an ISO box. He's, I'm going to hear something from him on this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but you know, for most usual guys that, that want to play a plexi and want to keep their hearing. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So. Solid. So there you go. Good okay. advice. So let's move on to the next amp. Vox. Vox. All right. So the most prolific Vox ever, AC30. Mm-hmm. And the AC15 is just a half of an AC30. 30 watt I mean, it, or a 15 watt. It, I would go with the 15. Super loud, less loud. If you're at home, why do you need a 30? I don't know. Why are you running down the street with your body language there? Because <laughs> that's what fat people got to do. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you why you need a 30 rather than a 15, Jared. Um, it sounds drastically different. It's not just half the wattage. It's um, even, so if you set them, put a mic in front of them, same dB, same decibel level, the 30 watt has so much more umph and kick to it. Um, yeah, it does because the tubes aren't breaking up at that same volume okay. and they're not flubby on the low end. Oh. Um, yeah, but now, but here's the thing. It's different. So some guys, they may want that and they, they want the amp to break apart earlier and the 15 is perfect for them. For me, I would, I think the 30 is more versatile but it's also doubles as a boat anchor. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. The two amp. handles. Yeah. So 60, 60 pounds. So, oh, well, how much would you say? 75 pounds. I, those got to be. Uh, yeah. I mean, they, they yeah, got to be 70 some 80 pounds. That's yeah. why they collect so much dust because you never move them. No, <laughs> no. I mean, it is absolutely ridiculous. But anyways, so yeah. So talking about like an AC 30. Um, good news is out of most of the AC 30s I see, not a lot of them have been modded. So that's not a general concern you have to be worried about. It just wasn't as prolific. Um, the weakness on an AC30 is the output tubes. Okay. We've talked about 6L6 is the type that mm-hmm. is typically used in a Fender. Mm-hmm. EL34 is a stereotypical Marshall. EL84 is what you see in the Vox, the AC30, AC15. Okay. And EL84 versus EL34 for Marshall. One little number, completely different tube. Right. EL84, the construction of the tube itself is prone to so many issues. It is this janky little tube Mm -hmm. and they're prone to a lot of noise. They're prone to failure. They're very delicate. Would that include like a a dual super lead, the 2000? No, 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 that's, that's EL34. And that's the difference of those numbers. I just said that one number 34 versus an 84. Because I have one of those and I have a well, lot of problems. With we're on the Vox part now. I'm well, just saying. Well, let, let's put a pause on this really quick because I actually have a DSL 100 in the shop right now. And the problem you're experiencing is called bias drift. Mm-hmm. It's a known issue on the early, early. Most of the DSLs is actually the way they made the board. One tube will drift higher, red plate, blow, and sound like crap. And then you put in new output tubes. So you need a new output board PCB. It's a common, pro- I actually keep them in stock. I go through them so much. I'll be calling mm. you up. Yep. Yep. So anyways, so that's that, but back to Vox. So that's the weakness of the Vox is the EL 84. It's the actual tube. Um, and, and they're just pushing the snot out of these little tubes. And <laughs> they- <laughs> is that good? <laughs> I, I found yeah. that funny. I don't know. Yeah, humor. That's awesome. I mean, Jared, um, what are you going to do? But yeah, so they just, they just, they just beat the crap out of these tubes and, uh, and, and they're very delicate. So that's most of the issues with Vox is actually just the output tubes. 
Um, the rest of the amps are pretty well so, built. And so if you put different out tubes in output tubes in, are you, uh, what are you putting in there? Well, here's the thing. And mm-hmm. even now that is my biggest hurdle along with everybody else that works on tube amps or builds tube amps, current tube production. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you can only do so much. We don't make the tubes. So what happens is this factory makes a great tube for however long. And then I don't know, a new warlord comes in and the, and it, the country is in chaos and the factory shuts down and, right. uh, and you start the process over again, searching for the greatest EL 34 whatever. So right. yeah. So um, right now my go-to EL 84, you can't change the type of the tube. So you just have to constantly be on the search for what's the most consistently stable and decent sounding tube out okay. there. Um, right now, as this airs today, I'd say it's tongue soul for an EL 84. Oh yeah. And that's been that's my best one <laughs> that's been my best one for reliability and noise and all that in the vox design is tongue soul before that i was having great success with the jj's and then starting about a year ago i just started having a lot of noise problems just the el84 i would put them in a vox and i put it back together i play test and i hear a little tube rattle i'm like what, what the hell and open up another box put them in and same thing, same thing. and yeah, yeah so yeah hmm. so but and, right. and it's it's literally the el84 with the vox amps it's it's just the tube itself. It's the original design from 1920 or 30, whatever. And mm-hmm. it is what it is, but it's also what gives you that Vox sound. Right. A big part of it. So, right. Yeah. All right. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, any other issues with the, the Vox? Not really. Like pretty, I said, like I said, standard, yeah. Like good. Other than it heat is. dirty thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> you can cook eggs on your AC 30. <laughs> well, and that goes back to those EL 84s that they're, beating the snot out of them. Yeah, <laughs> that's, 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 that's what gets them. So, and the way it's designed. Yeah. I laugh where so the hard tubes are sideways and they're coming up to the grill and, you know. I've not heard that saying in so long. That's yeah. why I, I cracked it's up. It's a throwback. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Beating this. I'm going to beat the snot out of you. Yep. You know? Yep. <laughs> so, um, yeah. It, it, and again, this, so that goes back to the same weakness of that amp is, is that too. But as far as build quality, quality components, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, and, and like I said, in my experience, it's not a automatically a heavy modded amp. Most guys haven't gotten inside those and okay. tinkered a whole lot. Um, and they hold up really well because, you know, again, they're boat anchors. So, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, so, so that kind of goes over, uh, like I, like we sort of said at the beginning, we're, we're heavily waiting that, mm-hmm. that front part, just learning about all these different things. Um, but now that we've gone through those three, just for time's sake, we're going to forego the grab bag one, which would include bargain bin or, or, or like, you know, uh, Gibson, Gibson, Supro, Supros, yeah, exactly. uh, yeah. all the, and, and the older vintage Supros. We're not talking about the new right. remakes. No, Supros. completely different. Um, Anyways, all the ones that you walk in, you go, like, oh, that's a cool old yeah. looking amp. Well, l- let me say one thing about the grab okay. bag, the, grab the, bag. Bar- the bargain bin mixture amps and everything. Yeah. Here's the biggest problem with all those amps is that a lot of them use these oddball tubes that weren't oddball at the time, but since they Gibson only use this 6K11 in this amp and that amp, nobody's manufacturing them now because it. they were only used in those amps. So with all those amps now, a lot of times you can't get new production tubes. So you're left with old stock or used. They may be noisy. They may not be available anymore. They might be 80 bucks for a preamp tube and it is what it is. And it might just be a really cool thing looking thing you put in your living room. And when you turn it on, it's just, noisy. Or you just leave it off and, and it just looks cool. Yeah, it, it and is that's what it a, is. Hey, I, I, 
I actually kind of think that's I'm okay with that. Yeah. If he got it for a good enough price. And if you liked it good enough, then that's fine, I guess. Yep. Um, I had a question regarding with all these things, uh, you, you, you hit very specific, like you already knew what the, pro- or, or you, you were sort of addressing a problem, right? If I'm a guy at home playing and I'm like, mm. this something's off. How, what are some of the common things that would make someone call you? And I don't mean like mm-hmm. it doesn't work anymore. It mm-hmm. doesn't turn on like, yeah, what should I look out for? Yeah. And, and I actually, this phone call happens every day where someone will say, Hey, what do you think this is? And he describes the problem and it's like, man, it, it literally could be almost anything. If the amp had been running well until then and nothing catastrophic happened, like it didn't fall. Um, you didn't have it hooked up to a generator and this huge voltage spike. Um, 90 some percent of the problems are tube related. Mm-hmm. So okay. depending on what the noise is, if they say, yeah, the amp is, uh, is very, it's weak output, low output, storing really early. That tells me it's in the output section. Okay. So weak output, like they have it on four and it's like, man, it sounds like it's on two and it's distorted and it sounds yeah. very thin. That's probably a section in the, or a problem with the output section, the output tubes or something in there. If it's just a, uh, like a snap crackle pop kind of sound, that's just a noisy tube. Could be output, could be preamp. Um, and, and that's kind of the more common things that people call me right. about, you know, probably a lot of Jack input stuff too. I imagine. Yeah. Those are usually the guy, <laughs> the guy can figure that out on his own because hopefully he's wiggled the Jack and you yeah. know, if you wiggle the Jack and it goes, it's probably the Jack tighten or something up, directly, right. you yeah. know, it's connected to it. Yeah. Unplug it, then tighten it up. Sometimes it's the flux capacitor. Sometimes. Yeah. And then you need to take it to a shop. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. 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 You know. Okay. We are in a bit of a renaissance with amp building or, and just actually all building right now. Yeah. There's a pedals, lot more players. We're getting a lot more exposure to smaller builders and there are more of them. Mm-hmm. I personally equate a lot of these boutique amp builders, storied amps of the past. Okay. Mm-hmm. They seem to be the new versions of the old amps that we really love and go for right? right now the question is are they different are they better are they one-to-one all, and you may not be able to answer that all, but all of the above all of the above. okay because most of the quote boutique amps that are coming out right now i've been inside at least one or more examples of all of them um and and it's interesting well here's a quick thing is like 20 years ago if you bought an amp that said made in usa on it even if it had pv on the front it was built like a tank it was mm-hmm. made in USA. In the past decade, that is no longer true. You can get a made in USA amp that I would buy a Chinese or Vietnamese over any day of the week. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't You've pointed necessarily, a couple of those out on your I have, your and, 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 and you haven't named names. I, I know, but I, I, I got I, 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 to quit admirable. doing it. No, I got to quit doing it because people can figure it out. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm going to be pissing off look, some serious. Hey, here's the deal. <laughs> you, there's a difference between saying just coming straight out and, and naming a name and then saying something isn't good. What just you're doing is you're saying, Hey, this thing that all you guys are paying for. Yeah. That's expensive that you think you're getting is good. It's substandard. It isn't. And be careful. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Uh, it, it, yeah. Well, and, and, and here's the thing. It, 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 this pisses me off from a repair tech and from um, somebody purchasing gear is that when someone brings a repair tech, their vintage, 
fender whatever amp or whatever they're entrusting one of the most prized possessions with that guy and, and a lot of money yeah a lot of money most but, of us start dropping three thousand dollars every day yeah, for an amp but it might be this fiberlux they bought in college and how they did it was you know worked a side weekend job and they yeah. had 15 years and they take it to a tech and he butchers the hell out of it mm-hmm. and they charges them for it likewise with some of this boutique gear somebody will go out and buy x brand amp thinking they're buying a high quality piece and then six months later bring it into me i'm like well i got bad news for you this it's a switch on the back and this and this and this like was well, a just random failure and it's like no i keep those in stock because it's a piece of crap okay. and, and so you just pay two thousand for this amp and i keep this part in stock because it's so crappy wow you know and that pisses me off it's like you know yeah. you know yeah. you're taking somebody's money and so yeah so the moral of that is that it, it's all over the place some are better more reliable doing it building it better using better quality components learning so, from the past and making it better yes exactly while others and i assume they don't know you know they may not have the background in i want to make a sound bite out of that learning from the past <laughs> and making it better <laughs> okay. yeah to so, me it, it all goes back to befriending your local amp people yeah. you know your local local amp guy and, and again ask your friends if, yep. if you ask you know, 20 of your friends and the same name keeps coming up over and over and over again. That's a good place to start. Yeah. Or a place to run from. Well, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, man, this, I, I can't even explain how thrilled I am that we've done this, that we've a finally done this episode and B that we finally get you to do this episode. Thank you. Um, this is, this is, uh, yeah, I'm going to personally listen to this probably a couple times because I've already learned a lot and I'm sure I'm going to learn more. Me too. Uh, so anyways, Jared, well, it's time for, would you rather? Okay. This week's, would you rather? <laughs> he's got a good voice. He's okay. Just, she, no matter what I do, these guys right will laugh at me. Okay, so go ahead. I like it. You're at your local guitar show yes, and you've got a lot of money in your pocket. Enough money. Enough. To, yeah. Because you got a thousand bucks in your pocket and you're going to go to the local guitar store. These are, these are the choices you have. Don't ad lib, big boy. You're going to get way off track. Go for it. All We're right, man. Read the thing. Thanks, thanks, coach. All right. Read the thing. I, I got to read this stuff on the thing here. You're getting speed wobbles already. Okay. All right. You're either going to buy a vintage 1968 Silverface Drip Edge Deluxe Reverb. That's a lot to remember. Or you're going to buy a brand new. 65 reissue blackface deluxe reverb. So it's basically the same model, but okay, not the same model. <laughs> but it is the same. Sorry, Jared. It says the same thing on the on the face of the amp, right? Yeah, I get you. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Yep, yep. It's very confusing. It is. This is why we save this would you rather for Rob. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess I could have read that, but <laughs> I think we need to do oh, that over. There is no way it can go. Okay. <laughs> go for it. Go for it. Okay. So, we get so, the point. So, so basically, Tony, what are you doing? I, 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 okay. I, I was going to give a little explanation. Okay. Can I do that? A little. In, in my opinion, there's not much difference between a drip edge and an original blackface circuit wise. Okay. There might be some values that are changed, but those can be changed out. The problem I have with many of the reissues is instead of point to point wiring, hand wired, uh, they're using circuit boards. And it's not 
the same. I think if I had to choose between the two, I'd probably go with the silver face and uh, take it to my local amp tech to have him take a look through it and let me know what needs to be replaced. Nice plug, Rob. <laughs> yeah, Mad Cow Amplification. Yeah. <laughs> I would take it over to Mad Cow Amplification yeah. for a, right. uh, uh, an analysis yeah, and excellent. tell me what I could do to make it more into the blackface specs. Okay, Rob, that's what are you where doing? I'm going. Man, this is a tough one. Even just listening to Tony there, I'm like, ah, good points on both sides. Um, okay, if I had to side gun to my head, I, I guess I would probably go silver as well. For oh, many man. of the same reasons, probably, you know, one of the bigger reasons maybe um, is that uh, it's probably going to hold resale better. Mm-hmm. Mm. So if you're, I mean, guessing it's the same circuit in general. So yeah, it's probably going to hold resale value a little better. And, you know, it's going to have some mojo to it versus being very sure. clinical. It works and, you know. Well, that being said, I mean, you know that going into this, you're going to have some money. Beyond the thousand yeah, dollar investment, see, and there goes back to that vintage tube amp thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah, yeah. it's plan worth for, it. Though. Plan for an extra five. All right, <laughs> Jared. It, it is really tough because let's say you, if you want to buy the new amp, you're going to have a warranty on it. You mm-hmm. know, you're you're going to have some security buying the new item versus True. the old. Mm. But uh, me personally, I just. Uh, I wanted to bring that last point up, though, just just to bring it up. But me personally, I'm getting the silver face, man. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm totally getting the silver face. Okay. So on uh, on any day of the week, I would probably say the silver face for two reasons. I like the silver face look more than the black face look. <laughs> I also, I love the, hmm. the jewel light those are about two dollars <laughs> yeah well, I know, what, but what, I, what i'm just saying you like? i i i like it's it two dollars the little ever. blue jewel is I, like it's awesome I'll, I'll bring one to you <laughs> i just i'm just saying um what now because i i would be using a gigging though mm. i would just get the black face mm-hmm. because I know it's probably, if it does take a beating, I'm not going to fall to my knees and right. feel so sad and blown out about it. I know that right out of the box, it's going to work, and I'm not going to have to wonder every single time I plug it in, is this thing going to act yep. funky without spending a bunch of extra money? You got a warranty. So for that yep. reason, th- that's what I would do right now if you ha- if if they were both sitting in front of me. Hmm. So wow, yep, good I'm stuff. surprised you didn't pick the line six. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh man, what a great episode! I, I'm so glad that we did this. Okay, hey, guess what, everybody? Uh, I'd like to remind you that at Reverb.com, you will find a marketplace just for musicians all over the world. You can buy, sell, make offers, and negotiate with complete protection. Whether you're selling from home or if music gear is your day job, there are millions of listings online already, and it's free to list yours too. Join the Musicians Marketplace at Reverb.com. And we'd also like to say thanks to a couple other people, Tony. Actually, a whole list of people. Okay. And the reason that they do this, that we do this, Mm -hmm. is they are our executive producers. That's right. We would like to thank Tom Barazin, Martin Cliff, David Wolfson, Matt Brammer, Carlos Mancha. Pete Marshall, Derek Fitzer, Robert, Robin Smith, sorry, Robin, John Daly, Oliver Gonzalez, Sean S. S. Chris Kearney, John Anglin, 
Robert Marfleet, Alex Leggett, and Darren Gregory. If you'd like to become an executive producer, and Jared, what happens if they're... Well, if you're an executive producer, you get to have your name read on the thing. Yeah. Excellent. Head over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs to find out how. Yep. And if you want to do any of the other things over at patreon.com, we would greatly appreciate it. You can sign up for a dollar. You can sign up for $5 a month. You can sign up for $10 a month. We appreciate all those things. And if you can't do any of that, you don't want to do that. And you just want to say, man, thanks guys for doing a, a, a decent thing out there. Then just drop me a line and let me know. Rob, where can we find you? Mad Cow Amplification. Okay. On everything. Instagram. Got it. World Wide Web, Facebook. It's just awesome Instagram channel. Check it out, everybody. It's entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jared. If you need pickups repaired or you want to buy new pickups, uh, Jared, J-A-R-E-D, at BrandonWoundPickups.com. Or my website is BrandonWoundPickups.com. Please give me a shout. Cool. Tony. If you'd like to... Get in touch with me. Go to pickguardian.com. Uh, there's also the various social media that you can go through, including Instagram, Facebook. Excellent. Subscribe! Yeah. Sorry, my eyeballs are floating right now. I apologize. I'm going to hit pause on this. Are you what, Are you farting on him? What are you doing? No, 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 I'm it looks like you are. I'm just fat. It's the way fat people have to take some He's what? What's so funny? He's learning. I'm just, I'm just picturing the guy hand-wiring the amp. Is it time for my break? I've been hand-wiring these amps. Like if Jared was actually doing it, like shoves it all in there. Yeah. It gets Why don't these filter cups fit? Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes four on the floor blog and other good stuff you can connect with us on social too at our facebook page and share your gear and stories on our facebook group also be sure to check out our instagram at guitar knobs catch you next time